You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central show is brought to you by Sucklebusters. You can find them at sucklebusters.com. Also by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at the BBQ guru.com or call them 800-288-GURU and by the CHOPS Power Injector System the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA find them at barbecuekansascity.com and by Butcher Barbecue from injections to rubs to sauces always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com and by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at PelletCooker.com or CookShack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Find out more at kcbs.us slash samstour. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. And by iGrill. The Bluetooth grilling thermometer that allows you to monitor temperatures from 150 feet away. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. Oh yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Should you see fit, want to, and or otherwise jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you with phone call 216-220-0966. Also an email address, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. The second Tuesday of each and every month for a whopping two segments brings none other than the creator of one of the most popular barbecue and grilling websites ever on the face of the earth, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com joins us on the show. 
not for one, but for two segments, as I had just mentioned. Then we will move into the second hour where we will find the winner of the Sam's Club Barbecue Cook-Off, the national finals that took place this past weekend, Outlaw Outlaw Hogs Barbecue. Kent and Keith Boatwright will be joining me to recap their weekend. And then, in keeping with the Sam's talk at 10.35, a semi-frequent guest of this show, an entrepreneur, the the Sam's Club uh, competition director, GetFiredUpFoods.com, all that great stuff. Michael McDearman, or as I affectionately refer to him, McD, recaps it from his perspective. Uh, that, your emails, your phone calls as well. 216-220-0966. Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. If you want to get in touch with me. If not, lay out, man. Relax. Enjoy the entertainment and educational value that this show was about to bring for you uh, over the next 120 minutes or so. Now, some of you are noticing that it's not the normal microphone setup. As a matter of fact, I see that Dave Bosca, who, by the way, has decided to turn off the debate and come on here live, which I appreciate and adore, saying that I am going back to the old mic setup. Dave, nay! Not an old mic setup at all. In fact, uh, this isn't even like a Skype setup. This is a rig that I'm trying out that you would find on a NFL play-by-play or an NBA play-by-play. It's a closed ear. It's got the the boom mic. It's a sportscaster. It's the Audio-Technica BPHS-1. And I'm thinking that I actually might get two. I might keep one here. And then initially the mind was, in case anybody ever shows up, like when Patrick Paquette was in the office, or the office, the studio last year for Sam's Club, or every once in a while we'll get somebody to, or sometimes the neighbor comes over, this, that, and the other thing, and they want to jump on mic. They can just throw the cans on. They got the microphone built in, and they're off and running. But I've tested it out over the last couple days since I've had it in my grimy little mitts, and I'm like, man, it's kind of convenient. It allows me to use my hands a little bit more. I can be more animated. I'm on the go. I can see everything on the desk. I mean, I do still have, you know, the Heil PR40 microphone, the, uh, the, the broadcast standard. So here's what I want to ask from you. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. Does it make me look cumbersome or... Does it make me look like I'm calling a football game or a basketball game or anything like that? I don't care what I look like. Remember, this is a radio show, first and foremost. But what's important to me is the fidelity of the audio. So if you think the show sounds tinny or weak or thin or not as good for whatever reason on the audible side, I want to know that. As a listener, I want to at least provide my voice in the best way possible. And if that means replicating over the PR40... I will certainly go back to that in one shakes of a rattlesnake's tail. Or if this is fine, you know, I might roll with this at least for the show. Also, I do have some new backgrounds that we're going to be trying. And I want to point out that the service that supplies these backgrounds for green screen allows you to try them out for free. But they do have a little bit of a watermark in the middle from Pond 5. So... I know when we go to them, for instance, Meathead and Michael McDearman later on in the show, it's going to say Pond 5 in it, but I'm just trying them out. And if I like them and you guys like them, you think they're adding any type of value 
to the video side of things, I will go ahead and purchase those, and then the watermark will be taken out. So uh, please, as you have time tonight, weigh in on the instant chat or shoot me an email and let me know if you, uh, A, find any difference to the negative, that's most importantly, B, no difference to your ear in audio, or C, better audio than you've ever heard in your life. I mean, that could possibly be as well. I'm not sure. The PR40 is a uh, a broadcast microphone standard, but uh, this is one that they do use. Uh, this is one they do use in the sports arena. So, for instance, oh, he's uh, caught a pass, 10-20, touchdown, ladies. Oh, my, the Browns have pulled it off in dramatic fashion, winning at the same, something like that. All right, folks, blast off an email right now. Let everybody know the show was on. Make a Facebook post. Get on the tweeter. Let everybody know what's happening here. A couple of different links to send them to. The Audible links, the main website, as we call it, thebbqcentralshow.com. If you want to watch the video, you can go to the longtime video syndication partner of the show, outdoorcookingchannel.com. Also on Roku, and I had extensive off-air conversations with the creator of Outdoor Cooking Channel, Kevin Bevington, and I had no idea the amount of traffic and audience that Ivision is currently bringing. So, and there's really, I guess, no way to really scale it, right? So, we'll have to dig into that as the technology gets a little bit deeper. We're talking, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people having the potential to get on there. I just need to get those numbers to be able to quantify and ask for extravagantly more money from the sponsorship. Just kidding. Am I? Diane, me asking a question. Greg, does this mean you're going to broadcast from a contest? Well, good question, Diane, and I can see where you're going on that. And uh, the the easy answer is no. Uh, just because I have this microphone set up certainly makes it easier if I'm sitting at a table somewhere at a contest. However, there is you know the large amount of equipment that I have in front of me that produces the show as well. That's a little bit bigger of an issue. Now, I do think that I might be able to do a skeleton software setup on a laptop of some sort, but I do need to have the hardwire internet, and that's probably going to be quite an issue with a lot of different competitions. So, you know, what can I tell you? And Meathead is right. So I am in the basement, and my ears are going to be warm here with the muffles. Meathead practicing stand-up before he comes on the show. So again, please pay attention to the new backgrounds that we're going to have, and please give me, please, I implore you, please give me feedback on how does the audio sound with the new mic setup that I'm currently testing out. Again, it will probably end up making its way to the guest's couch sooner or later, and and I go back. If not, I, I might get another one of these, and then we'll have both, but... I want to know how this sound is coming over your airways, however you're getting the show tonight. By the way, uh, I'm not sure exactly when we will be breaking ground, but uh, this cavernous basement uh, will be getting a facelift, and Barbecue Central Studios will be getting its own definitive spot down here, finally. Oh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be wonderful, very professional. I'm going to have an on-air sign that's going to be outside so people can just leave me the hell alone. Oh, meant to say this last week, but ran out of time in the open. I want to thank uh, Dennis Channels for Sauce to Review. Dennis Channels, 
is with uh, Wine Country Kitchens. I don't know if anybody has ever had any of their stuff. Uh, Wine Country Kitchens here. Uh, but they sent me what is their Napa Jack's Gourmet Barbecue Sauce, which includes flavors like Chipotle Cabernet, Napa Merlot, barrel-aged bourbon, original and sweet and smoky. So what's going to happen is, at some point soon, I will be doing a review video of this stuff. So I wish I could teach that cat to read. All right, folks, you know me. Looking to step up ways to make the barbecue and grilling game easier. I head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. So should you. Look, we all know Butcher's Barbecue, well known for the injections. The pork, the beef, the prime injection, the bird boosters, pork injection. I said pork injection. It's all of the flavors and enhancers and the recipes that keep whatever meat you are using it nice and juicy. The yields are better. You got to get over there and try ButcherBBQ.com immediately, if not sooner. Now you're like, hey, are these guys a one-trick pony over there in Oklahoma? No, absolutely not. They have award-winning sauces. They have one of the most fantastic rubs out there on the market today, the honey rub. They got steak and brisket rub as well. They have a trade-in link going on right now. So as I mentioned in the open, you know Dave is well-known for the injections. But there's other people that have decided to get into the ejection arena. Well, poppycock. In the past, you've tried them. You've realized that grass is not greener on the other side. You've spent a whole bunch of money. You've had to throw that rub out. Oh, people are pissed at you. What are you going to do? You've had to throw it out in the past. Well, not anymore. You go to ButcherBBQ.com. You click on the trade-in link, right? And then you can send in... Whatever remaining commercial rub, I'm sorry, sauce, oh my lord, injection that you got, okay? Any of the commercial injections, send it over to Dave. He's going to rub it. That weight is final. But when you send it there, you're going to go, hey, in replacement, Dave, please send me back some of your prime injection or some of your bird boost or whatever. So he's going to weigh that out and send you back exactly what you asked for. He's making his customers happy. Of course, he's making his competition's customers happy as well. We call it gaining market share in the biz, folks. By the way, you'll hear Dave's name getting mentioned in the weekly barbecue roundup. However, just for a case in point, Butcher's Barbecue products work because Dave took a grand championship this past weekend with Butcher's Barbecue products, of course. So, look, you don't need to hear me say it anymore. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. That's the website. Don't forget the grilling oils either. I've been a big fan of those since they've been out. That's what you need to do. ButcherBBQ.com. ButcherBBQ.com. He's championship. He's award-winning. He's creating products. I don't know anybody that's out there doing it like Dave's doing it right now. Succeeding in business, succeeding on a competition trail, succeeding in barbecue stands. Watch out. We'll be right back. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, all right, welcome back. 
This portion of the show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills. Oh, yeah. Manufacturers of some of the best pellet grills on the market today. If you're looking for a cooker to house a ton of meat, they got one for you. Something mid-sized? Yeah, absolutely. How about something for tailgate? We are in the middle of tailgating season, in the heart of it right now. They got you covered there, too. Also, they can supply us. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love mine. You could love yours as well if you just go to the damn website. All right, second Tuesday of every month brings along the creator, the originator of AmazingRibs.com. Meathead Goldwyn joins us here on the show. Meathead, how are you, buddy? Hello, Centralites, and how's the uh, barbecue rock star from the rock and roll? Holy cow, the rock and roll city. That is some kind yeah, of fancy set. That's right. I mean, I got the new. Let me ask you, my uh, my friend Meathead, you're never one to uh, pull any punches. In regards to uh, audio replication, uh, sound pretty good here with the new BPHS microphone, or should I retreat back to the broadcast standard? No, it sounds great. Um, I switched over from the uh, website to Skype just a moment ago, uh, and uh, there was a little bobble in there, but uh, so far so good. Uh, and and you look kind of cute with your earmuffs. Um, Thank you. Uh, you should put your hat on like a real man. Uh, you know, I'm watching the Cubs game tonight, and the guys are the pitchers got his hat cocked at an angle. What do you, what do you uh, think you know, about like, this? Uh, what do you think about this hat, Meathead? Holy cow, that's my hat. That's your hat. Look at that. <laughs> about that. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you see, the bill comes and shades my eyes, and you know, I don't, I don't want people to not see my eyes, but. You are kind of shady, you know. Well, hey, you know, you mentioned uh, Napa Jacks. They, uh, they, they're, they're busy out there. They oh. sent me some too. And doesn't that Jack thing kind of look a little familiar to you? Well, look, I've I've known people that have gotten letters from Brown Foreman saying cease and desist on certain things. Either. If you know what I mean, right? You got yours handy? Shall we taste it? Uh, well, it's all the way over on the other side of the. You know, it can. It comes in a hip flask. Have you Have you not tried any of them yet? I they sent sh- me two, and I haven't tried either. And uh, just as, two? as soon as you mentioned it, I went and grabbed them. Oh. I thought we could uh, do a little tasting, but that, that's okay. Yeah, I got five. Um, I got five. I got all of the flavors. Oh well, you rate. <laughs> well, evidently I do. All right, we're talking with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. And uh, so here's the deal, Meathead. We were corresponding a bit here, uh, you know, a handful of days ago and making sure that we're going to be able to do this segment together. And I was like, hey, what if we just go ahead and stick a post on the Facebooks and see what people are looking to have answered? Questions, things like this. We do uh, a monthly segment with Ray Lampy called Ask Dr. Barbecue. And I said, we probably do something similar with Meathead. People might be coming with the good questions. And lo and behold, we got eight, nine different comments here with of different questions. So maybe we can just kind of start taking them one by one, unless you have something you would like to start out with. No, I I, I think it's a great idea. I didn't know that uh, uh, we we're going to be uh, imitating uh, Dr. Barbecue, uh, but uh, that's okay. He's worth imitating. He's... He's he 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 broke the mold. So yeah, well, we're just looking for uh, you know answers and opinions, and it doesn't have to be like uh-huh, we're, we're taking uh-huh, after no, anybody. I like, I like the idea. So here I, we- I, I I wanted to start off by asking you a couple of questions. Yeah, uh, go first ahead. of all, how's your semicolons? 
Uh, they are uh, dangling, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. For the people that have no idea what I'm talking about, we are on the Tweeter, and uh, you know I try and do some a little bit of email marketing and this and that, letting people know the newsletter, as we call it. So I, I am I I guess I'm no writer. However, if you if you read it, I'm not incorrect. I was autocorrected into a semicolon from a, an apostrophe, which I think oh, is probably the root, powers. which is probably the root of the issue here. But I think. How it reads is fine, unless you're deciding to read it a different way, no? No. Clint, Clint Cantwell read your post, which said tonight's guest is Meathead, comma, yes. the winner of the I'm making a uh, list. Sam's I, Club. No, no, and so no. Clint no. Sent me a tweet congratulating me for no, winning the Sam's Club, because no. it was a comma, not a semicolon. Yes, but <laughs> I'm uh, what you use commas to delineate a list. I was making a list of people that were going to be on the show. I'm right, and you know it. No, 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 the grammar police are on you. That's okay. Oh, my God. Um, I, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> it's outrageous. I'm appalled. Um, all right, so what was the next question? Um, I th- There was an interesting item in the news today that I thought I wanted to bring up. Uh, yes. Um, the Washington Post ran an article about which I knew a little something. Uh, it seems that last year um, 35 people got pretty darn sick from listeria. Seven oh. died and one had a Seven. miscarriage. From caramel apples. Yes. And um, uh, this was an interesting uh, situation uh, because nobody could really remember that happening in a big way in the past. And uh, the researchers went out to try to figure out what was going on. And uh, can you guess what caused the problem? Uh, Listeria, caramel Mm -hmm. apples. Now, this is a company that sold fresh apples. And caramel apples. People right. who bought the fresh apples fine. were fine. Yeah. The people who bought the caramel apples got sick. Was there some type of chicken cross-contamination? No. No, but that's a good guess. Listeria is common in chicken. Uh, I, I wouldn't have the first idea. Well, it turns out that the wooden stick, which is jammed oh, no. up into the apple, yeah. punctured the skin of the apple and the caramel, and juices ran out and were exposed to air where listeria got growing, and they were fueled by the sweet juices and the caramel. And um, uh, so uh, uh, FDA is now recommending that you refrigerate your caramel apples after you you try to buy them fresh and you refrigerate them, Uh, which makes sense because listeria doesn't grow very well in the refrigerator. Your temperature in your refrigerator should be 38 or below, and if you haven't stuck your thermopan in there, you should. And uh, stick your um, caramel apples in the fridge to be safe. All right. So if you don't want listeria caramel-covered apples, then uh, that, I mean, can you? It's amazing that we are in a in a in an age now where we can still, where this thing like still this is a thing. I guess that kind of boggles my mind after all these years. This is the first we're hearing about. Maybe people have been dying from listeria of candy apples all along. We just never knew it. Yeah. Well, what's going on is that CDC, USDA, and FDA have got in place really good um, traceback systems, they call it. And um, when somebody gets sick, they can isolate the microbe, and they can figure out where it came from. 
Um, and I mean, they can do DNA fingerprinting and stuff, and it's really cool. Wow! And they can do it fast, and they can find um, uh, contaminations and trial and diseases um, pretty quickly. It's it, the, the the food safety system is working better than ever. Meathead Goldwyn is joining us here on the show, AmazingRibs.com, his website. If you've never uh, taken the time to check it out, A, 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 probably you're a liar. But B, go refresh, (laughs) AmazingRibs.com. All right, so here's the first question, uh, Meathead. It's coming from Brandon Nelson. And this is a a question that, you know, I, I, I rarely think about it because I just don't associate this term with this meat. And I guess it's a little short-sighted of me because I'm sure many people would make the case that, uh, you know, anything that's enhanced could be seen as something similar. But Brandon says, brining ribs, how does it affect them? Like, I would never consider brining ribs, like, ever, because I've always heard that if you brine ribs, you're going to have ham on a slab. It's going to taste hammy and it's salty and ick. I mean, I don't want that when I make ribs. Um. Well, I, I think it makes it more bacony than hammy, but yeah, you, you can get that. To get the real ham or bacon flavor, you need um, the curing solution, the nitrates and nitrites that come with prog powder number one and two. But you move in that direction when you um, inject with salt uh, or when you do, when you, you do a lot of brining. Um, there's been a lot of research ribs, by the way, so I have some experience with it. All right. Um, there's, um, and I'm, I bet half your readers have too. Um, um, there is some interesting research that we, we know salt goes deep into meat. Yes. We know that other herbs and spices don't go much more than an eighth inch past the surface in the cracks and crevices and pores, and they just can't get down in there because they're big molecules. But salt, little tiny molecules, sodium chloride, they break up, they go right down to the center. It takes a little time, but they get there. Um, so, you know, dry brining or wet brining either method gets salt down into the center. And that's cool because it denatures proteins and helps the proteins hold on to moisture, which will, in theory, get you a moister piece of meat. And also, as salt enhances flavor and amps up flavor, so you'll probably have a more flavorful piece of meat. It also brings in a little water with it. Now, the best research I've seen is maybe 5% more moisture, which isn't a lot. And the research also shows that most of that added moisture is not bound up and held up, so it drip, it go, comes out and drip loss during cooking. So it's not a huge moisture gain. Um, so basically you're taking a big tub full of water and putting the ribs in there, and you're getting pretty much the same thing as if you just salted the meat a couple hours in advance. Um, there are people who complain that when you wet brine a turkey, they feel the meat is diluted tasting. It's not as rich or a chicken. I haven't noticed that, but I've heard a lot of people say that whom I trust. Um, So I don't know. In a competition environment, you know, there's only one way to find out. Throw it out there and see what happens. It won't take long for uh, wet brine to penetrate um, a slab of ribs. You know, if you do a 6% brine, which is your standard, um, and we have a really good system for doing that regardless of the type of salt you use on the website it's uh you dr blonder devised it it's called using the archimedes displacement principle but it, you don't need a special scale to do this um and um uh, 
you know, it, 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 it might work for you in a competition. It might not. Um, I, I, I've not noticed a huge difference. It's not, and it doesn't have, I guess, from time to time the show gets pigeonholed more into competition based than anything else. But, I mean, yeah. just on a broad scope, uh, I don't know anybody that is really, you know, brined ribs or because you would imagine at this point you would see thread after thread or there would be threads of search or searchable amount of threads on Google or or whatever, mm. which I just don't ever see. And I just never hear about it. And I especially don't hear about it on the competition circuit. So the only thing that I thought might start to catch any type of popularity would be not brining, but maybe something a little bit similar, which would be injecting ribs. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is you know a lot quicker, and you could do a whole mm-hmm. bunch of different stuff with that as far as trying to get you know flavor pressed down into the into the meat there. But that I mean, that is something that hasn't even caught on at all because I think you're you know it's easy to inject chicken and pork butts and briskets, but you know ribs a little thinner. I mean you know some St. Louis style cuts and and uh, some of the bigger baby back or loin back ribs you could probably get away with. Maybe that maybe injecting is something we should try. Do you inject ribs or have you tried that? You know, I don't compete, so I'm not worried about gaining this 2%, 3% extra quality. I'm just trying to entertain people, and, uh, a, a, you know, a good old slab of ribs done the old-fashioned way pleases 90% of my audience. Yeah. But if I was in competition, I'd try to, you know, I'd get every weapon I could. Um, I have seen, I took a competition class from Todd Johns, um, whom I know you know, and uh, he did. A, he was using butcher blend. He was injecting his ribs. It was a pretty tedious process. In between every rib, then goes the needle and everything. Yeah. Um, but um, he liked the idea. Um, I, I can understand why. I mean, if you're trying to get flavor and moisture retention into meat, that's there are pretty much three ways: dry brining, which is just salting the meat a couple hours in advance; wet brining, submerging it in a salt solution. And you can put all the sugar and everything you want in there, but it's not going to get past the surface. Um, And um, uh, injection. And injection has the benefit of getting flavor deep into the meat. So if you want, I don't know why you would, but I know people like to inject turkey with Dr. Pepper or something. You know, you want that flavor. That's the way you get it in there. You're not going to get it by soaking it in there. So, um, yeah, Uh, and, and a lot of the big commercial operations... Um, do inject. I have seen a big commercial operation, and it's these big machines with um, like 30 needles in yeah. a row, and yeah. then another row of 30 needles, and the meat goes underneath, and and they inject. It's a you know potassium uh, salt-based solution, and you can add flavors and everything else. You can give it an Asian flavor. They do make, uh, and they're a sponsor of the show currently, the Chops Power Injector System, which is uh, four needles, and yeah. you know that's going to make injecting a lot easier. So I'm thinking about the next time I do ribs, I, I would do it. If I just had a single needle, I'd be no way because that would just take too much time. Wow. But with the four, you know, I can do four or five pork butts in the same time. I could do one pork butt with a single needle, so that makes it a little bit more efficient. So I'm going to try that. That's my homework for next time. Before you we know, talk, I'll I'm going to inject ribs. If we raised, asked everybody in the audience to raise their hands, you know, not everybody talks about what they try at home when nobody's looking. Yeah. And just because we haven't heard a lot of it, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of serious barbecue cooks haven't tried wet brining their ribs at one point or another, just to see what it's like. I'd probably come away with the conclusion that 
it's okay. Probably not worth it, or maybe they don't like it at all. I, the couple of times I did it, I thought the meat was a little mushy, but really had a rough time holding my finger to what was changing. All right. Uh, next question is from Mike Pagel. What to do with our comp meat trimming? Seems like a waste yeah. of good meat. So uh, you go ahead and, and weigh in first on that. Sausage. Sausage. Um, now, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's hard to tell from the question whether he's talking about um, leftover competition meat after he's cut his slices of brisket and built his box. Well, I'm going to tell got, you what I think. Can, I think he means uh, that he's trimmed his meat and he has uncooked meat. Yeah, well, yeah. when I'm trimming a brisket, I will often take a pound or so of the beef fat, just the fat, and, and I'll freeze it. Because um, if I'm doing steaks or, well, if I'm grinding burgers, I'll, I'll put a grind. Um, uh, and uh, because brisket makes a good burger grind, uh, so does um, um, uh, short plate or short ribs. Um, and sometimes it needs a little extra fat. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I love your drops. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, um, so freezing a little bit is good. Uh, beef fat keeps longer than pork fat. Pork fat can get rancid pretty fast. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I would separate fat from meat, and you can freeze it. Um, if you get enough chunks, you can do stir-fry with the meats. Um, uh, you can grind it for burgers or sausage. Um, sausage making, I've been doing a lot of it lately. I just published a sausage section on the website uh, by popular demand. Um, Chef Ryan and I spent a great deal of time this summer um, really getting deep into sausage making and having a lot of fun. Haven't published all our recipes yet, but we published a good, uh, a really good breakfast sausage with a little maple syrup in it and uh, a bratwurst. And uh, uh, there, there's about six or eight good sausage recipes up there. Pork is absolutely, without question, the best sausage meat. Um, it's so versatile; it adapts to flavors. Pork fat is so rich and flavorful. So your butts, uh, although most of us aren't doing a heavy trim on butts, um, you, get, you get a bunch of fat off of there. Um, so you can make sausage or, or, or and you know we think of sausage as something in a casing, but you can make patties. Um, breakfast sausage typically is a patty. Um, in the Middle East, they make kefta, which is sausage without a casing. It looks like you know a tube, like a hot dog. But they just roll it up and form it into a tube and throw it on the grill or over uh, on a skewer over a hot fire. And so you don't have to have fancy casings and everything. And you don't have to have a grinder, although that really does help. Um, uh, you can grind uh, in a food processor. It's a little tricky. Or chop with a couple of knives. Uh, um, uh, using a KitchenAid with their grinder attachment is pretty good, a lot better than chopping or blending because it's really easy to over process in a food processor really easy to take uh, meat that could make a very good sausage and turn it into a pink slime um, so um, but yeah sa sausages uh, and uh, to make a good Italian sausage you just need to know the seasoning blend we just published our Italian sausage recipe it's a pretty darn my, my wife's Italian-American she has very particular tastes about yeah. Italian sausage. Of course. It was the hardest one for us to nail. We had to go out and buy every butcher's Italian sausage in Chicago, taste them all, do blind tastings oh against my. our own. And it's pretty good Italian sausage recipe. So uh, 
Um, beef, uh, you know, uh, beef and the best of the Texas sausages, they call them hot guts down there. Yeah, hot guts. Are, are, are beef, they have a lot of beef in them, but the best I tasted, like Rudy McKeska's, have a beef and pork blend. Uh, pork just finds its way into sausages. Beef, of course, is um, uh, what you make uh, meatloaf and burgers out of. Um, so uh, you got all kinds of potential there. Chicken sausage. I don't know how much chi- chicken meat we're trimming. We're getting just mostly fat. I've always thought that if you took some of the chickens I've been buying lately have got so much fat, particularly in armpits and stuff. And I was thinking, you know, this stuff makes a great insulator. What if you blew it into the walls? Uh, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, that might be a bad idea. The Schmaltz Insulation yeah. Company. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're talking with Meathead Goldwyn here uh, from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, hang out one second. I'm going to talk to you quickly about the Chops Power Injector System. We just mentioned that, talking about injecting ribs. It is the National Barbecue Association 2015. Barbecue Tool of the Year. They come in three awesome sizes. I'm going to tell you about them right now. Uh, Each of their patent-pending Chops Power Ejector Systems features not one, not two, but four evenly spaced needles. The perfect distance for injecting. It also comes with three plug screws, so you can use fewer needles if you want. Change your spacing, get around those bones. It's versatility, folks. I'm going to break it down right now. The number one seller is the half-gallon Chops Power Injector System, designed for the competition guy. Or the Backyard Warrior, just like me, it's so easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and you are off and running. If you have just one brisket or a pork shoulder to do, you don't even need to fill it up all the way. Just put in what you need, and it will use it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector for $100 plus shipping anywhere. Then you have the one-gallon chops power injector system. It's designed for the catering, the bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon, obviously. Some use it in competitions, like when you're cooking MBN whole hog, or maybe you're doing 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three-plug screws, and a needle protector, 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. And then the newest one, the CHOPS Full Power Injector System. It's electric. It's the commercial and competition Big Daddy. It's not a holding tank like the others, but it's a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube. You can put it in any size container, from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was originally designed for Chef Rob at one of the best barbecue restaurants in Kansas City. He said time and time again, the Chops Power Injector System gives him the best briskets he's ever had. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, one, oh my God, two-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, three-plug screws, and a needle protector, 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. A number of the top pit masters out there right now in the world are using the Chops Power Injector Systems every day to make barbecue better than the rest. Because here's the thing, and Meathead can attest, we live in a foodie world. You want flavor in every bite. This is the way you can do it easy and fast. It's not just for meat. Alcoholics, pay attention. How about alcohol-infused watermelon with the Chalks Power Injector System? Yeah. They're all hand-assembled right here in Kansas... Well, right there in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. If you want the extra accessories, they got them. Want to shoot medium ground spices? They got you covered for that. They have two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles. Also, they have two-inch closed-tip needles, perfect for shooting fatty meats. They sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws. Everything you want, you can get it. Chops Full Power Injector System. Get your barbecue some power. Barbecue Kansas City, that's B-A-R-B-E-Q. 
BarbecueKansasCity.com. We're back with more Meathead right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Meathead Goldwyn is chugging sauce like, oh, we caught him in the act, folks. Yeah. Oh, Meathead, we caught you red-handed. Yes, we did. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by iGrill, makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometer out there on the market today. This month only, receive 15% off the iGrill Pitmaster set with code CENTRAL. Complete with an iGrill 2, Pro Ambient Temperature Probe, Pro Meat Probe, and Barbecue Sauce by award-winning team Smoking Hogs Barbecue. It's the ultimate Pitmaster's dream. Shop for it at iDevicesInc.com. That's uh, promo code CENTRAL. Get 15% off the iGrill Pitmasters setup. So, Meathead, thank you for uh, hanging with me during the break here. And uh, so we talked about meat and what to do with it. Go ahead. Can I mention yeah. a product that's not one of your sponsors? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I think um, probably a lot of readers know that the Thermoworks people have come out with a new model of the Thermopen, yeah. which they've priced at the same old price of 99 bucks. They're closing out the old Thermopens, which are still pretty good thermometers, for 69 bucks now. So um, go check that out. That's a pretty good deal with the holidays coming yeah. up. 69, 69 bucks. bucks for a Thermopen. I mean, I was happy to pay 99 bucks in the old days. I know. Well, <laughs> as we say here on this show, which could be rule number five, buy the best, only cry once. You, you, know, what I'm you know, I quote you on my website saying that. Yeah, come on. I mean, on it's my uh, thermometer page because that's absolutely true. Yeah, sometimes you got to do it. All right. Uh, next question from Eugene Apicella. He is a hey, loyal fan. Right here. Uh, recommended. Re- Sorry, Meathead has recommended removing salt from the rub. So we talked about this months ago. And applying the salt separately. How Mm -hmm. long before the cook and how long before applying the rub should I apply the salt? And does it make a difference if I use kosher or sea salt? Okay, really good questions. Let's, Let's start with the last question first. Kosher, sea salt. First of all, all salt is sea salt. All salt comes from the ocean. What is called sea salt is usually ocean water that is evaporation dried, um, and um, it tends to be fairly large flakes. Um, Table salt is often mined, although it can be from the ocean, it's often mined from dried up oceans and seabeds, and it's processed to be fine little tiny cubes um, and uh, kosher salt is a little larger flake um, a lot of table salts have iodine added um, it was determined a long time ago that we need iodine in our diets and uh, that was a good way to do it um, and so but a lot of uh, table salt doesn't have it now if you don't want it um, so sea salt is really expensive compared to, say, kosher salt, which is pretty pure, um, and it doesn't have the iodine in it. And it's just this larger flake, which is really nice if you're doing, like, a steak 
You want to flake some of those big, kind of like you would get on a pretzel, those big flakes. But they're really expensive. And for those people who are really into, well, it's sea salt, it's natural, well, what does that mean? Okay, you take the ocean water and you dry it out. So when you're done, you've got salt flakes and dried fish poop and dried microbes and algae and... And, you know, some of these dried sea salts are weird colors uh, from minerals and stuff. Now, they may have a slightly different taste, but this stuff is like 99.5% pure salt, NaCl. I mean, it's really hard to taste the differences. People claim they can taste the difference. I know at least two people that carry around a little salt dispenser in their pocket, and they have Malden sea salt. Call when they them go out. to a restaurant... What's they their name? Name them this. right here on this show. Who are those people? That's outrageous. Go ahead. Oh, no. No, I can't. One's my boss's wife. Oh, all right. <laughs> Rule number one of the show, no names, please. Sorry. Uh, Sorry about that. No, no. Um, I mean, what? Do they not have better to do with their lives than to carry a holster this. of salt around, Meathead? I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? I mean, you know, we, we are in an era where we obsess over food. I mean, what are we doing here tonight? Huh? I know, but um, we're not. nobody's carrying around a holster of archives of the Barbecue Central show. Yeah, yeah. That's a lie. They're all, all on the road. about yeah. natural. People want to have yes. raw milk and organic. Raw and, milk. I mean, a large percentage of the people think that the word natural on a label means something. And it has no legal meaning. Um, I could I could label anything. I mean, I could label chlorine natural. Um, I could, you know, I, I mean, it, it, there's dog poop is natural. Dog poop is natural. Dog goes out and poops. It's natural. Yeah. Um, arsenic is natural. You go to the mountain, chisel away, dig out the arsenic. So what makes natural? I mean, some people are, and the whole organic movement. I mean, I understand the the the, the sentiment behind the organic movement originally. It was going to give us real old-fashioned food without all the artificial chemicals and flavors and colors. And, but you know who owns all these companies now? Nyman Ranch was just sold to Purdue. Um, I mean, the, the, all of these companies have been uh, acquired by the big meat processors, by Monsanto. They're all... But that, that doesn't mean that because the... I'm playing devil's advocate, but that doesn't mean because huh? Purdue buys whoever organic chicken maker that they're going to make them more or less organic they see a trend they have the money to be able to go over and say you know uh, let's say perhaps i founded a barbecue website and one day somebody offered me a tremendous amount of money to sell it off and, uh, you know what i'm saying it, it doesn't mean they're going to be changing anything right but they want to get in and they want to be seen or, or have a brand that is organic and somebody's doing it right and they can buy it there's a committee there's a panel there's a group of people that meet either virtually or re in person and they define what organic means now we were just talking about ribs and injecting yeah. since salt and water are considered organic or natural you can now go to the grocery store and buy a slab <laughs> of ribs that has been injected with salt water or turkey that's been injected with salt water up to 10% by weight and it can be called organic now I get it salt and water are pretty natural products 
But somehow, I see you're drinking wine tonight too. Somehow that defeats the original concept that the old hippie dippies created of organic food, of it being as close to nature as possible. Right. Now, you know, so somebody's got to draw the line. Uh, Okay, here's one of my favorite examples strawberries. Have you ever seen how strawberries grow? Yes, in a, in, a, in a patch in the sun during the summer. It's yes, delectable. And, and, and they're these little bushes. They're beautiful, yes, and they oh. lay right on. The berries actually lay on the ground. Baby Jesus made them special for me. <laughs> All right. Now, <laughs> if you're going to grow organic strawberries, you can only fertilize it with animal poop. So yes. you're going to take cow or sheep or chicken poop, and you're going to pasteurize it. But you're not going to put it in a big machine with gas heating ovens to pasteurize it because that's not very organic or natural. You're going to do it in a pot. What you're going to make a big pile of this stuff. Right. And it's going to heat up by its own organic fermentation. And the center is going to get hot and pasteurize itself. Mm. But the stuff on the outside is not. It's so not- you got to now send somebody out there with a pitchfork. And they got to shovel it around and Ooh. mix it all up. Can I get that, so Jeff? The center goes to the outside. And so now you can organically fertilize your strawberries. Yes. I don't know that I want to feed organic strawberries to my two-year-old baby. I don't have one, but I'd rather they get strawberries that have been fertilized with something that is not just pasteurized but sterilized yeah there's a difference all right and i i want something that i know is really safe so i don't want anything to do with organic strawberries don't we i mean you you've gone ahead meathead and opened up pandora's box i had (laughs) 2015 hall of fame inductee steven reichland on this show First of all, Meathead, can you believe that's, He's under the spell. that some no-name hack in Cleveland, Ohio, that broadcasts out of his basement has Stephen Reichlin on his show every third Tuesday of the month? I got him. I suckered him right. It took 10 years. I got him. In. So, well, of course, I've been around with you for 10 years. But. I know. Well, yes, but he's Stephen Reichlin. So uh, here's, the th- here's the deal. <laughs> He has made it a point uh, to go on a his I guess his mission or his passion now, uh, especially with the emergence of Project Smoke, which is the newest television venture, is uh, you know that uh, how your meat is raised and slaughtered is as important as how you smoke it, and I think that's a great ideal. Mm -hmm. But I mean, dude. Are we going crazy with all of the terminology? But when you really dig in to, as you said, what does organic mean and you're injecting ribs? And what does growing organic strawberries mean you're throwing shit all over it and all this stuff? I mean, can't we be an accepting public to a certain degree and say, hey, you know what? All just doesn't have to be organic and hippie shit and all this other stuff and just enjoy the mass-produced stuff? The flip side of the coin is, is we just can't turn uh, people loose like the egg grower in Iowa that was running a disease factory. 
Uh, we just arrested. We we just put a peanut manu peanut butter manufacturer in jail for 29 years because he was running an unclean factory um, and uh, killed people with salmonella, and he knew it was going on. So you know, somehow or other, there has to be regulation. There has to be inspection. There has to be label laws. Yeah. But I tell you, anxiety over what we eat is going to kill us faster than what we eat. I and and. Um, and this organic stuff, it, 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 it's not what it used to be. It's not what people think it is. Um, there are some organic products. I mean, there's been really good research that shows that the nutritional value of organic products and non-organic products is almost identical. The one difference seems to be that there is a little more pesticide residue on conventionally grown products than on organic products. But here we go again. You can spray cabbage and members of the cruciform family, cabbage, kohlrabi, kale, Brussels sprouts, you can spray them with Bacillus thuringiensis. Now, this is a bacterium, and it's natural. Actually, you collect the bacterium, and you desiccate it and dehydrate it. So I don't know how natural it is anymore because you've dried it out. Yeah. But you spray it on this stuff. And when the um, caterpillars that eat their leaves and kill them, they're disastrous, the white butterflies, um, uh, it kills them. It gets into their stomach and then they blow up. So this is allowed because it's a natural solution. Yeah. How is that better for us than copper sulfate? I don't know. I mean, what, I mean, copper sulfate kills those guys too. Now, the copper sulfate's made in a factory. Bacillus thuringiensis is grown in a factory, but Bacillus thuringiensis, BT they call it, is allowed under the organic rules. Copper sulfate is not. Actually, you can use copper sulfate once every two years if it's an emergency. So you know what else is happening? The guys at Purdue and Monsanto are now on the committee. They now sit on the chairs that write the rules. And if you watch, the rules are changing. And they're making these exceptions. And so you're growing organic spinach in one field and non-conventional spinach in the next field. And so we spray the next field with um, a copper sulfate or something, and the wind is blowing. Uh-oh. Contamination. Field. Contamination. Oh, no. What have we done? You know who that angers more than anybody else? This kook on the internet called the Food Babe. Do you know who that is? No. You don't? No, I don't oh know. I, you, I've heard you rail oh. against him. No, I've, I've never, I've, I've never mentioned her on my show ever. Except I started following her on Periscope. I've seen her. Uh, I've seen her on the Twitter, and she's always, you know, she's a, a food uh, advocate. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't follow too much. She's, got a, she's very she popular, drinks, evidently. She's got a huge following. She's drinking following. the Kool-Aid. Well, she gets on the Periscope, and she's on writing emails to McDonald's, and she's doing, I mean, she would just go absolute batshit if we if she was part of this because she would, you know, that's her deal, right? It's uh, you're spraying the spinach on this side, but you're not spraying the spinach on this side, but the wind takes it and drops it on the non-sprayed spinach. So what have you done? Uh -huh. And so she's going to start writing emails and 
sending threatening letters about to get all of my food babe army don't buy stuff from these people and buy from it, it's, it's it's crazy what are we you doing know, what are we if, may, if you ate spinach that had been sprayed with copper sulfate every day twice a day you might have some negative effects of course you might have negative effects if you ate bacillus thuringiensis too we just don't know. I mean, the Washington Post this week published an article that was well-researched based on good science, where now all of a sudden the researchers are saying, for years we've told the American public, don't eat whole milk. The fat in whole milk is going to make you have a heart attack and it's going to make you fat. And now they're saying, well, you know, maybe the fat in whole milk's a little different than other kinds of fats. Now, a few months ago, we heard that dietary cholesterol doesn't have as big an impact on our blood cholesterol as we thought. And, you know, so basically, gradually, everything that we've been told has been overturned. And everything new is old again. And now we have new enemies. And old enemies are our friends. I remember, and probably you do too, when butter was verboten. Sure. And, 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 and we were all going to eat um, uh, margarine, and now it's the other way around. Um, here, here's the problem with this. The way dietary research is done, pretty much, is by asking people to write down what they've been eating, and then we track their medical history. Yeah. Now, I'm broadly generalizing, but this, this is what they call epide- epidemiological survey, um, where we... So we ask uh, 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 10,000 people, maybe it's only 1,200 or so is sort of the norm number, and we get all this diary information, and we find out that the people who have been eating butter or drinking wine, wine's a good example, here we are drinking our red wines, drinking wine, the resveratrol on red wine, they think, is going to help prevent us from heart attacks. Um, Oh, thank goodness. And and, and this is based on survey data and research, because you're going to tell them how much wine you drink, but maybe you're going to fudge a little on the survey because you don't want them to think you, don't, you drink that much wine. Not that they'll ever know that it's you, but, you know, you, you drink half a bottle a day and you're going to downsize that to a glass a day. So the data is suspected. And now all of a sudden they try to draw us cause and effect. Correlation is not causation, which is to say if you watch a lot of TV, there's a high likelihood that you'll be fat. So, therefore, it must be the television that causes obesity. Right. It must be the radiation coming from the screen. Or maybe it's the audio. Or maybe it's the colors. I, I mean, wouldn't that be a logical it conclusion? We nothing, know that watching a lot of television yes. causes obesity. It has nothing to do with you chowing down on potato chips and being sedentary whatsoever. No, it doesn't. I mean, we, we know that now. But, but the same of kind house. of mistakes... There's, there's this cool website out there that's doing these great correlation graphs. Yeah. Um, the number of people um, sent into space correlate, correlating with the number of pregnancies of under 18-year-old women, and the charts are in perfect synchrony and all yeah. stuff like that. Correlation does not mean causation. And so dietary science is not the same as chemistry, where you can actually go into a lab, mix two chemicals together, see what happens, measure what happens, and come out physics, biology. These are sciences where you can run controls. A control is the gold standard of any research. Yes. 
And epidemiological study doesn't always have good controls. So our diet science, just my, I try not to talk about health matters. I mean, the, you'll never find me on my website say, this is a healthy recipe, or this is more healthy than conventional recipes. I just won't do it. And I, I'm, we're getting ready to launch a newsletter, and I'll tell you more about that if time permits today or another well, we're, day. We're way over. So, i got to figure out a way to cut you off before I get it to the top of the hour. <laughs> But I was talking with the woman who's going to edit my newsletter, and I just I laid down one. I said, I don't want any articles about health in here. Right. Because I want to be accurate, and I don't want to look like a damn fool five years from now. Meathead so. Goldwyn can be found at AmazingRibs.com. We have 95% of the questions left. That we were <laughs> so we have something to build on for next month. Meathead, as always, I appreciate the time, and uh, we will talk to you again, believe it or not, in November. Uh, it's fun to rant with you, Greg. Thanks for wearing the hat. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you and the Centralites again next month. There he is. Meathead Goldwyn, everybody. Meathead Gold. Wow. Look at that. Shout out of a cannon. All right. Uh, let's go. The longest running sponsor of the show is the Barbecue Guru. Located in Warminster, Pennsylvania. Creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. Number of different models to choose from. Because if you're a busy working professional, you're on the run with kids and all that stuff this is the where this is where you want to go the bbqguru.com that's the bbqguru.com 800-288-GURU the barbecue guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology wow we got after it tonight i don't even know how much barbecue and grilling stuff we got but it's not all about that on this show that's for sure it's not all about it TheBBQGuru.com, 800-288-GURU. All right, we are back to do the second hour. Rob Boss in the show. He made an appearance on uh, Project Smoke this past week, making the uh, tailgate nachos. Rob, look at you, sexy. You're dead sexy, Rob Boston. Yeah. Rob's got to come on the show and talk about Project Smoke from behind the scenes. He's the pit guy. He gets the pits ready. All right, stick around. Be right back. This is Chad Hayden with Minutes Runners Barbecue, the 19th annual Jack Daniels World Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. board here for the really big barbecue show Boing. we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to hit me fine how's it going <laughs> <laughs> you have a great show i'm a big fan 
Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wiener. So listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we're in the second hour. Yeah. Gene Apicella weighing in on uh, saying that the new mic sounds good, crisp, and clean. Likes the background stuff. All that good. Appreciate it. Saying that seeing Meathead in the background of a news studio is good. Also, I wanted to thank uh, Mike Lang for the Another Pint Please shirt. Anotherpintplease.com. Check him out. We're going to try and have him on the show again soon. Yeah, Rob Boss. You coming on the show or what? People want to know. We want the inside scoop, Rob. Come on. Come on, man. Still to come on the show tonight, Steve Nelson. No, Steve Nelson. Absolutely not. Still to come on the show tonight, Keith and Kent Boatwright from Outlaw Hogs Barbecue. They won the Sam's Club National Barbecue Championship. We're going to get into that here. As long as I can get to the website. We know they won. I wanted to give you some other results, as it were. Let's see. Does it just take me right there? Oh, yeah, it does. We'll go top 10. Top 10 teams. The Sam's Club National Barbecue Series rolled into Bentonville, Arkansas this past weekend to get a champion. The finals of the National Barbecue Series that they have been doing for years now. Five years, I believe, uh, Mike McLeod said last year. Winning it with a 702.8. They will get mentioned again here in one second. Outlaw Hogs Barbecue. R&R Barbecue takes reserve. Oklahoma Joe's Serious Q third. Big Papa Smokers fourth. Congratulations to Sterling Ball and another great finish after his really great finish in the American Royal the weekend before. Q-Bones Barbecue fifth. Shake and Bake sixth. Big Brothers Barbecue seventh. Q-Crew eighth. Smoking in the Dark Ninth and Team America 10th. Congratulations. And might I say a rapid and wild congratulations to the whole 2015 Sam's Club series this year. It was absolutely fabulous. Thank goodness. All right. Now we got to get the music ready for our favorite part of the show. Rapidly becoming the favorite part of the show. Uh-oh. Where'd it go? Now we'll go to albums. We'll go to, there it is. That's the album we want. And, okay, so this is your newest dose of the weekly barbecue roundup. Hey, man, you pay attention. I'm going to do the weekly barbecue roundup. Here we go. All right. The weekly barbecue roundup is covering this weekend of uh, September 8th through the 10th. 
The Barbecue and Blues on the Leave. Helena, Arkansas, winning at Sizzlin' Bones Barbecue with a 695.3. Chillin' and Grillin' in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, winning at Butcher Barbecue. Yeah, baby! With a uh, 695.9. Anchor City Cookoff, Central Leah, Missouri, winning at Pitmasters Barbecue with a 693.6. The Real Squeal in Lyons, Georgia, a GBC qualifier, winning at the Pit Crew, Georgia, with a 698.8. Riverside Blues Brews and Barbecue Festival in Greenfield, Massachusetts, the Commonwealth, Pork Butt Paradise, winning it with a 682.7. Slabarama Barbecue Challenge in Bullhead City, Arizona, winning at Toys for Barbecuing with a 700.0. Eastern Carolina Barbecue Throwdown in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, winning at Redneck Scientific with a 686.8. The River Grill before the Big Chill in Cincinnati, Ohio, winning at Velvet Smoke. Shout out, boys, with a 702.8. Rockin' Ribville, Lawrenceville, Georgia. Swine and Shine Barbecue winning it with a 690.2. Wax Grill and Chill. That's not right. Waxhaw Grillin' and Chillin', Waxhaw, North Carolina. Smoke on this wins it with a 695.9. Central Illinois Bragging Rights Contest. Arthur, Illinois winning that one. Q-Wow with a 702.2. Cooking on the call in DeSoto, Kansas. Burnt Finger Barbecue winning it with a 710.2. As I just mentioned, the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour Championships. Bentonville, Arkansas winning at Outlaw Hogs Barbecue with a 702.8. Bliss Brews and Q, Fort Bliss, Texas winning at the American Dream Barbecue Team. Watch out now. Dave Qualls making a late run for Team of the Year. Smoke on the water. Topeka, Kansas winning at Joe Bob's Barbecue with a 696.5. Downtown Barbecue Showdown. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Killer Hogs Barbecue with a 694.8. Smoke in the hot Atlantic City Barbecue Championship in Atlantic City, New Jersey winning at Sauce's Barbecue with a 678.2. The third annual Barbecue Society, Hoffendroff, Netherlands, winning that one bunch of swines with a 674.9. And we move to Texas. IBCA, the International Barbecue Cookers Association. Orange County, Go Texan, Barbecue Blowout, winning it. Tequila Sunrise Barbecue Team, the NEYSO Liberty Fest 2015, winning it. Brothers in Arms, first grand championship for them. The Josh Hain Memorial Cookoff, winning it. Still smoking. Smoking at the mill, Delight, Arkansas. Texas Pepper Jelly winning that one. Shout out to Craig. Second Cowboy Ross kicking and cooking barbecue in Poteet, Texas. Winning that one, SM Good Barbecue. The Texas Gulf Coast, you got Fall Off the Frio Barbecue Cook-Off in Concan, Texas, winning at River Rats Cooking Team. The American Legion Post 490 Barbecue Cook-Off, Houston, Texas, winning that one, Cool Hands Barbecue. How about Lone Star Barbecue Society? Hill Country State Championship, Lockhart, Texas, 174 teams winning and riding the show karma for three weeks in a row. Grand champ Clarence Joseph, Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue Team. Wow. Bentwood Barbecue Bash in Georgetown, Texas, winning that one, Boss Barbecue. Wow, wow. Look at Clarence Joseph going crazy right now out there. That is your weekly barbecue roundup right here on the Barbecue Central Show.
Love that song, by the way. Shout out to She Wants Revenge. Tear you apart. Oh, my. Dare I say oh, my with that one. All right, now let's quickly go over and see where on the team of the year for KCBS. Assuming this is updated as the show is live right here on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock and nine minutes past, 51 minutes till the top of the hour. Still sitting atop the team of the year board for Kansas City Barbecue Society is Clark Crew Barbecue Team with a 28-38. Four points behind them, David Qualls and Chris Qualls, the American Dream Barbecue Team with a 2-8-3-4. And then it starts to widen out from there. Uh, Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's with a 27-25. Smoke Me Silly. The 2709 getting basted with a 2694. Uh, sixth place, Big Papa Smokers is 2676. So uh, one and two right now, Clark Crew Barbecue, the American Dream Barbecue team. I'm going out on a limb and saying these two boys are going to be battling out for the rest of the competition season. And if Darren decides that this is something that he wants to jump into and take a whack at it. Uh, that's probably going to be the only team out there, barring any huge runs that nobody's foreseeing right now, but we're getting into November here after a couple weeks, and uh, we'll see what happens. Don't forget that uh, we have the Jack Daniels that'll be coming up here in a few short weeks. So we'll be having uh, the winners of the Jack Daniels on here towards the end of the month. And, of course, next week we will be having the, uh, I believe, third installment of the Barbecue Roundtable. Robin Lindar is already confirmed, uh, looking for two more panel members. So if you have a take that has to do with something in the barbecue and grilling world, it doesn't have to be competition. It doesn't have to be just backyard. It can be both, neither, or both, or the homogenation of whatnot. Just bring me something that you can get out there for people to chew on and then be prepared for the board that is currently sitting on that uh, particular show to weigh in on it as well and give their take. That's what we have coming up. All right, uh, Outlaw Hogs Barbecue coming up out of the break. Now I'm going to talk to you about Cook Shack. The American Royal just ended, folks, in the Jack Daniels Championship. Getting ready to start Cook Shack will help you prepare for these events next year. From now until October 20th, all of our competition sanctioned. Commercial listed Fast Eddies by Cook Shack Pellet Smokers are on sale. Also included in this sale are the trailer. For the FEC 300, 500, and 750, these units will help you get to the winner's circle. Just mention promo code WIN, W-I-N, WIN, when you place your order with CookShack's courteous sales professional team. Professional sales team. You can also order these units online at CookShack.com. The Fast Eddies by CookShack Pellet Smokers are the choice of many teams on the competition circuit. Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue, Dana Hillis of Big Papa's Country Kitchen, Bob Fight of Jiggy Piggy, Todd Johns of Plowboys, have competed using competition Cook Shack units for years. David won the 2012 Barbecue Contest at the World Food Championships in Las Vegas, was featured on the Barbecue Pitmaster Show using the FEC 100. Todd Johns won the American Royal in 20, 20, 2009 using his FEC 100 pits. This past year at the American Royal, he used the FEC 500 to vend food and to compete in the Open. Other notable teams using Cook Shack units are DVQ, GQ, Road Hog Barbecue, Portal Barbecue, Extra Mile Barbecue, Smoking Babes Barbecue, Blazing Butts Barbecue, When Pigs Die, Burn at Both Ends, Basic Barbecue, Bears Smokehouse, Tebow Creek Barbecue, and Dr. Nordy's Barbecue. Why do I mention these? Because these are teams 
that are award-winning pitmasters that prefer Cookshack pellet smokes. Why? Todd Johns of Plowboys considers his FEC 200 100s a member of his cooking team. They handle his fire management. He can cook by himself. He doesn't have to worry about his temperatures going out of control. He can roll into the contest at 6 p.m., prep his meats. He's ready to cook quickly. The Fast Eddies by Cookshack Pellet Smoker puts you in control so you can concentrate on your flavor profiles and making those turn-in boxes. These units feature digital Cookshack IQ5 controllers that let you set smoke, cook, and rest time and temperature. The heat and flavor source is 100% food-grade wood pellets. These pellets... The pellet heat is controlled by a fully automated pellet system, which provides very little ash as compared to stick burners, for instance. Act quickly. Take advantage of this 10% off-the-list price on these award-winning quality-built units. Use promo code WIN, W-I-N, to get the savings. That's promo code WIN. Call them, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 to order. Or you can go online, cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com, promo code WIN, 10% off of the uh, pellet smokers, Fast Eddies and Cookshack. All right, we are back with Outlaw Hogs to recap the Sam's win this past weekend on a national level. Stick around, we'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by cookandpellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit cookandpellets.com for more information. Or to purchase, you can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. That's a fledgling little website, cookandpellets, amazon.com. Uh, not going to void any warranties either, so don't worry about that for crying out loud. All right, my next two guests went down to Bentonville, Arkansas this past weekend, made it into the finals of Sam's Club and summarily rolled away with the overall grand championship. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and welcome the pitmaster of Outlaw Hogs Barbecue, Keith Boatwright, and his brother Kent. Gents, thanks for uh, making the time and uh, joining me this evening. Uh, do, do either one of you have cameras available by chance? Yeah, we both do. All right, go ahead and uh, click on the little camera thing here. We'll get you up in the uh, the new test studio. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. Do you see where it is over there? Yep, got it. I'm not seeing it. No, just kind of hover your mouse down towards the bottom of the screen, and you'll see a little camera with a line through it. Probably just go ahead and click on that should uh allow the I'm on, a, I'm on an ipad i'm not seeing aha uh-huh. so. ipad look at you mr technology over there all right so uh uh we'll go ahead and let me bump off of this screen right here we're going to talk a little bit about the sam's club series so uh keith if you could uh you know maybe give us a uh, a little background about outlaw hogs barbecue when you decided to get in the competition scene all that good stuff all right. Thanks, Greg. Um, I got in scene probably a, uh, around 2004. Um, 
cooking in uh, Memphis in May with actually another team. Moved up to St. Louis um, around 2005 and started out La Hogs Barbecue. Uh, we were cooking, I don't know, three or four comps a year until like the last three years, and we kind of ramped it up and started cooking around 10 comps a year. How did you originally find out about competition barbecue? Was it word of mouth? Did you see like an ad in a trade paper? Were you on the internet looking at uh, forums, stuff like that? Well, I moved to Memphis and the Memphis and May barbecue competition ah, is a big deal and a yeah. big party. And actually I found out by going down there and uh, hanging out with a bunch of people and having a good time. Have you ever cooked Memphis and May by chance? Uh, yes. I cooked it three years. Oh, three years. All right. Well, that's a whole uh, discussion in itself. I'm sure. Uh, Kent, uh, your, your foray into the competition world. Um, thanks to my brother. He, he kind of got me into this. Um, he started cooking, um, got me into it. I'd call him, uh, you know, just about every weekend and ask him how to do things and what I need to do now. And, uh, several hundreds of thousands of dollars later, we're, uh, here we are. Uh, Kent, in relation, where are you to uh, Keith in the, in the country? You guys live like close to each other, or are you pretty far away? I'm six hours away. All right, so I guess that's uh, pretty far away. Although for barbecue cookers, that's like more or less right down the street, right? Uh, correct. Jeez, oh, Pete. All right, uh, so uh, Kent, you cook on your own team then? Uh, uh, yes, I do. All right, and the name of your team? Uncle BC's. Uncle BC's. All right, uh, any significance to that name? Uh, it's a long story. Uh, Uncle BC's the BC stands for blue collar. Uh, when we started out, I was cooking on I had a 16 foot flatbed trailer and an easy up. And um, needless to say, it gets pretty hot down here in Oklahoma in the summertime. So uh, we're we're Uncle BC's, which, like I said, the BC stands for blue collar. Uh, Keith, how did you come out with Outlaw Hogs Barbecue for a team name? Uh, a couple of teams uh, we had previously, there were some uh, uh, people that wanted to keep the name. So I was looking for a new name, and uh, I thought, you know, I'm from Oklahoma. I'm an OSU Cowboy fan, so I was looking for something kind of Cowboy Western and decided on Outlaw and then Outlaw Hogs. Keith and Kent Boatwright joining me here on the show. We're going to be talking about the uh, Sam's Club win here this past weekend. Um, Keith, how often does Kent cook with you? I mean, it, I guess it would seem to be... From a from a competitor's uh, look from the outside in, uh, perhaps a little counterproductive if you got a guy that you're going to be going up against at some point uh, over the course of a number of weekends during the competition season. Uh, this guy's in your camp, right? I mean, that's kind of weird. Well, we only cook. Uh, we we don't typically don't cook against each other. We've done it two or three times, but most of the time we'll just pick a couple of comps a year and just go uh, cook together, like the great comp they have in Miami, Oklahoma. At the start of the year, we usually do that one. And then something, we did Lori, Missouri a couple of years ago, but it's just an opportunity to uh, get together and have fun with my brother and family. And, um, you know, again, most of the time we don't cook against each other. Kent, would you say that uh, you guys don't cook against each other because uh, Keith is afraid of you? I doubt that. Uh, he's, not, <laughs> he's not afraid of me. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I mean, uh, this is uh, you know kind of cool. You guys are brothers, so you're you're cooking here in uh, the Sam's Club final. I guess before we get into this past weekend specifically, Keith, if you could kind of refresh your path from uh, local all the way into the final. Yeah, we started out in St. Charles cooking the local. Um, did pretty good there. Had a good cook. We got fourth overall, and then to, uh, mid, and that was just. Just a couple of weeks ago, we got um, sixth place in Midwest City, which then allowed us to move on to the finals in Bentonville. 
how many competitions are you doing during the, the course of a regular season? Regular season, um, I only do about anywhere from ten to twelve comps a year. All right. So, how many? Like, how many were you in prior to, to going in last week? Uh, uh, that was had done ten. Yeah, I was going to say you're probably uh, pretty close to, to what your max is there. Um, right. You know, I would say as you look over the percentage of how many teams are cooking, how many competitions during the course of the year. You have a very small percentage that is out there, the 30, 40 uh, weekends a year, the Clark Cruz, American Dream Barbecue team, and so forth. And then I would say the majority of folks, or you know, probably a, a fairly large majority of folks, are doing it in the, in the 10 to 12 range. So do, is it at all surprising to you um, in the 10 to 12 range that you can go into a Sam's Club you get through the local, you get through the regional into the finals and win it against teams that are cooking you know, almost three times more than you, or, or does the frequency of cook not really have anything to do with the quality of the cook in the end? I think the frequency definitely helps. Um, the more I cook, the, the better I am. But there are a ton of teams out there in the 10 to 12 range that are that are really good cook teams. So uh, um, I think there, there is an edge that, that those teams have because they do it all the time. Um, but then again, like I said, there's a whole bunch of teams that are in that mid pack that are, that are good teams as well. And, you know, the barbecue family or the barbecue community is like a family. And, you know, I talked to those guys you mentioned, um, talk with, you know, Tim Shear, uh, Brad from getting basted, um, you know, Steve Hayden, Gilly. I mean, all those people are people that, uh, you know, we see out on the on the, uh, on the comp circuit and we talk to those people. You know, if you pay attention, you can get tips from those guys every once in a while. They won't tell you exactly what they do, but you can get tips from them. Uh, Kent, in regards to number of competitions that you're doing under Uncle BC's, a similar in frequency? Yeah, I think I did about 12 last year. This year, uh, kind of busy uh, around the house, but I think I've done six this year. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard to get that many going, but, um, you know, we got a, I've got a family uh, daughter who's in sports, so um, try to do as many as we can. Kent, talk to me about the uh, dynamic when you are cooking with Keith. Like, what is your specific role? Uh, do you guys kind of you know, working in an amoeba-like way during the course of a weekend uh, because you're related, or is it is it his kitchen and, and you're kind of like the, the sous chef to his uh, executive? I do the dishes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's really it's really awesome to cook with my brother. Um, we, we pretty much, we run the same cookers. Uh, we run pretty much the same recipes, I mean, if you will. I mean, we're cooking the same. Uh, everything's pretty much the same. So it seems like when he cooks with me and I'm turning around, I need something he's got in his hand and I I hope it's the same with him. Um, we can help each other out. Um, so it it just works out really well. It's a joy to do. I'm so proud of him. Ken, you you know, you, you talk about the flavor profiles that you and Keith are using very similar. I mean, do you find as you look out over the swell of teams that were down there in Bentonville that by and large everybody's kind of cooking a similar flavor profile hoping to make it the most non-offensive and uh, appreciative to the judges palate I, I really do with with all the commercial rubs out there and, and everything that's you know you have the internet and you have all the classes I, I think everybody is is running something similar not exactly not exactly the same 
Um, and I, I really think it comes down to, you know, cooking your product to the, you know, the best that you can get it cooked. Um, and, you know, with the tenderness and, and everything else that plays a role in that, the, the taste profiles are out there. Um, so I, I think it's very similar. I think it, and, and again, where Keith said earlier, where the guys cook 30 comps a year, I think they get that consistency down. And I, I think that's one of the keys. Keith, uh, similar thoughts on profiles that are out there and, and what's winning? Yeah, I, I think the profiles are, you know, there's a, there's a lot of teams out there that are, I wouldn't say cooking exactly the same, but, you know, the, when you're we're going going up against or having so many different judges, the thing you want to do is make sure that you don't offend anybody one way or the other. You don't want to be too sweet. You want to be too salty. You know, it's, it's kind of being right down the middle so that you can uh, have the best opportunity to, to score well. So um, no matter really what pe- people are running, you know, whether they're running, you know, Cosmos or, you know, whatever, Big Papa, you know, anything else that they're running, whatever the stuff they're running, um, the reality of it is, is that they want that flavor profile to be good, uh, but not too extreme one way or the other. All right, Keith, so uh, talk to me about this past weekend as you load in and you're starting to, to get the mindset for the national finals here. Uh, is it anything different than you've been doing here over the last, you know, 10 competitions or so, or is it just you have the program, this is the way you're going to work it, regardless of if it's a local or a regional or a national final? Yeah, it really doesn't matter. I mean, we've got the same program we run. Um, you know, there's always hiccups in there because you, you know, the more you do, the better you are. We've done four comps in the last, you know, three, four weeks, three, three weeks. So we're really, um, you know, we're really clicking when we got to Sam's Club finals. Um, but, you know, the program is a program we do. Uh, we cook on the Gateway Drum Smokers, so we don't have to start till six o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, we've got we've got a system we run. Uh, we know when everything goes on and, you know, we just uh, run our program. It's not any different whether we're doing Sam's Club or whether we're doing, you know, a, a local comp. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and take a look at the results of the individual meat categories. Uh, chicken is first. Do they count? Are they are they calling out top ten or, or top twenty for these? They're calling out top ten. Top ten. All right. So uh, you don't hear your name in chicken. Uh, you end up eighteenth. Um, you know it's a pretty tough field. You have a perfect score there with R and R barbecue at one eighty, and then it kind of ticks down from there. So. Uh, Keith, are you guys uh, a team, or you know whether you're competing with your brother or not? Are you a team that tastes chicken before you turn it in, or do you have it under a program where uh, you're not going to be doing anything to it? You just kind of take it off, everything's good, and hit it in that box and turn it into the tent. Now we always taste everything before we turn it in, so we always we check the taste, the tenderness, whether it's juicy or not, and uh, you know we we taste everything and we can make adjustments as needed um, before we turn it in. Did you think chicken was better than 18, Kent, or uh, was was it about right? Uh, you know, I thought we hit the, the taste and, and the tenderness and, you know, the, the skin. It, it bit through, but, it, you know, the piece I had, um, I thought, you know, that may have been a little questionable there. But um, he Keith was a little more critical of it than I was, but, but I thought we kind of, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be first place, but I knew it was good chicken. When you get to ribs and you don't hear your name, uh, where did you, Kent, think that ribs were at this day? You know, we really liked our ribs, and and 
you know, Sirius Q, they're good buddies of ours, and they had gotten two really good calls. So I was, I was standing with them, and, and I was really happy for them. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, okay, I thought we might have had a chance at ribs, and, and we didn't get that. But um, at the same time, I was really happy for our buddies. Kent, or I'm sorry, uh, Keith, did you have a, a thought on ribs? Um, you end up uh, 34th, so probably, well, it definitely is the, the lowest of the four meets uh, during the course of the day, but where did you think your ribs came in for your palate? Well, like Kent said, I was a little critical of our chicken uh, um, just because, you know, I cooked better this year, but um, it was good chicken. Um, I wasn't, wasn't surprised in that field that, that we didn't get a call. Uh, ribs, I thought we had really good ribs. Um, so I was kind of surprised that we didn't get a call, but again, in a field like that, uh, you know, it, you never can tell everybody there can cook great. And, you know, so I, I was kind of like, okay, we're, we're sitting here with, with two no calls. So probably not going to be a good weekend for us. Uh, so pork comes along Keith to go ahead and dovetail off of that last thought. And, uh, I mean, you are literally a point and two tenths and loose change away from a 180 or a perfect score in pork. Uh, grill's gone wild. Iowa gets the perfect score in pork. But, mm-hmm. you know, second in that category, you know, the the feeling's got to be changing a little bit, uh, you know, at least on the positive side. You get the second overall, plus, you know, it's a, it's a pretty high score to boot. Yeah, I, I mean, we I, I thought we nailed the pork. I can't can chime in on this, but I thought the pork was awesome. Um, and then getting to go up on stage and getting in the top five was great. And then we started calling names off, and we ended up number two. Um, that was exciting. Uh, and then I was like, okay, this is good. We, we at least got a call here. And, and again, with the, with the quality of that field and, you know, one or two calls, I mean, I've seen, I've been to competitions where people have gotten no calls and won the competition. So it was nice call, nice to get a high call and, uh, felt a lot better after that call came in. Yeah. Kent, some of the best pork you've had during the competition year. It wasn't as good as some of my pork, but it was. Uh, <laughs> of course. I would expect nothing less, by the way. Ken. Mine would have been a 180, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's it's good, uh, you know, in any competition to, to get such a high call. So, within the field, you got 50 in there. I mean, do you, do you feel that you have a, a shot at still, you know, seeing a, a decent overall call then at this point? Are you talking to me? I'm sorry. Yeah, Ken, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I, I thought uh, I thought we might have a, a, you know, a decent call. You know, we were there two years ago in the finals and got a couple of nice calls, and, and but we really tanked uh, chicken that day, and we ended up ninth overall. But, you know, I thought, I don't know, it's still kind of iffy. I'm, I'm, I'm like Keith. There were so many good teams there, and there were several other people with two calls. So I was really happy, and it was good to see him up there with the pork call. But, you know, I, I still was – I didn't know how it was going to end up. Uh, last one was brisket. Wow. I mean, uh, Sterling Ball continues to dominate with his brisket results this year. Steel City Barbecue has a tremendous showing. You guys have a tremendous showing. It's uh, For the folks that don't know, it's three ways at 180, so perfect brisket going off there. Uh, you guys end up pulling the third out of 180, so this has to be absolutely elation i would imagine uh you know seeing not one but three and, and you're part of the three right keith oh yeah it was great um when they you know we got up there and we made it to the top three again and they do a great format uh with sam's club michael does a great format where he puts everybody up there at the top five and then he starts calling them off so you don't know what place you're in but you're on stage and he started calling off you know he called fifth and fourth and then i'm like okay 
it's not bad. We're in the top three. And then <laughs> they said there's three one eighties and I'm like, wow, that's pretty incredible. You know? And we got third, which I was happy because it's nice. Always nice to get a one eighty. Uh, would like to have gotten first, but, but I'll take the one eighty and third. So in, in the end, when they're starting to call out overall, uh, places when they start getting into, you know, five and four and three, and you don't hear the names, uh, you know, Keith, what is the pitmaster of uh, Outlaw Hogs Barbecue? What are you thinking? Are you, are you thinking that the, the other two tanked so bad that it's kicked you out? Or do you think you were probably right around there and these other two ones have really kept you in the game here? Well, it started really early, actually, because they call the top six. I mean, they go through ten, six through ten. And so I thought, OK, we got two calls. We got a shot to get in the top ten. And, and that's what I was thinking. And they called ten through six. And, um, you know, they got to six and it was shake and bake. And I'm like, okay, I thought we would be in that kind of time, that frame there of, of six through 10 and they didn't call us. I was like, okay, we must've bombed something. You know, we bombed chicken, we bombed ribs, you know, it's easy. It's just as easy to get a first place there as it is to get a 50th place with with that group. So I'm like, okay, we probably didn't make the top 10, but then I was like, okay, we got some money in our pocket here. We got enough to pay for the trip. So we got two calls need to be happy about what you got. And then, Again, that format they do at Sam's Club is they'll not in any particular order. They'll call the top five up and put everybody on stage. So they called the top five and we were in that top five and we were pretty excited because, you know, that was a big deal to get sure. the top five. Yeah. <clears throat> so they call us up, we get on stage and then they call the fifth place and it wasn't us. And so we were pretty excited. Like called fourth place and it wasn't us. And then we're getting you're really nervous, excited, <laughs> don't know what's going to happen. And then I'm thinking, me and actually Kent were like, wow, this is we're in the top three. <laughs> and then I'm like, started thinking, I'm like, man, the difference between the top three, the third place is whatever it is, eight grand. And second place is 25 grand. That's a big difference. Yeah, man, huge. I'd like to get to that next level. I'm yeah. going to get to the top two. So they called the third place team, which was the – Oklahoma Joe Series Q, uh, and you know, congratulations to them on that. But um, and we were like, all right, we we got twenty five thousand dollars in our hands right now. This is perfect. <laughs> this is awesome. And and at that point, I didn't think we were going to be the top team. I, I thought we were going to be second. And then when they called R and R as the second team, um, then after that, everything's a blur. Kent, as uh, you know, Key's brother and and right hand man during the cook and hearing these overall. Results get called out when you are not reserve grand, realizing that you're a grand champion. I mean, what are those uh, kind of emotions that are washing over you originally? And and I guess uh, perhaps more important me, because I, I have a brother, you know, a couple brothers and a twin brother. Uh, how extra special is, you know, winning this magnitude of contest uh, with your brother versus some of the other things? Uh, before I answer that, look, we got to give a shout out to Sean and Laird as well, who who are yeah, on the team. Our team and they do a great job um, the whole time. Um, but you know, Greg, being on the stage up there, and you know, when they called, uh, you know, that we were the top two, I, I told my brother, I said, "Hey, you at least got twenty five grand in this deal." So that was that was awesome. But I'm just so proud of him. Uh, he's worked very very hard, um, you know, and and he got me into this. He's he's taught me so much. Um, like I said, we're, we're kind of like a well-oiled machine at this point. Cause that was our, uh, you know, that was the third weekend in a row and our fourth comp cooking together. Uh, so I was just, you know, I was elated. I didn't, you know, I'm glad I had my sunglasses on, uh, <laughs> up there, but 
I was just uh, super, super proud of him, and uh, he's done a lot of amazing things. But um, in the barbecue world, you know, in my mind, there's three big, big uh, comps, and and he just took one of them. So I was super, super proud of him. Keith, is it? Uh, I mean, you're the pit master of the team. You're the team name that gets called out. But like, how much do you share with uh, with your brother and, and some of the other teammates? Is it is it a team win or is it mostly a, a Keith win with some hangers on around you? How does that work out for you? Oh, it's all just me. Of yeah, <laughs> you're damn right. No, Finally, it, it is. A, it is a. Uh, it is a team. You know, I can't mention the other two team members, Sean and Laird. They've been, you know, cooking with me uh, for the last uh, three or four years. My wife helps out tremendously uh, behind the stage. I mean, she does mix boxes, helps me uh, get stuff prepared at home. She comes to comps when she can. I wish she would have been at that one, but uh, she couldn't make it. But there's a bunch of people that help me, um, you know, so uh, it's not just me. Uh, it's a team effort every time, and I appreciate every one of those people helping me out. Keith, what's the take for Grand Champion? Uh, this take this year was uh, 50000 and then with the other two calls, ended up being 55000 Holy sh... Maron is ready to retire from the competition, uh, Barbie. So, uh, for just for perspective, because as I always say on this show, you know, there's a lot of people that hear about this but don't understand expense versus what you win and how that, you know, all correlates into the, the numbers. Is uh, Outlaw Hogs Barbecue in the black this year? No. No? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, we're in the black for this year only. Um, but if you add up, and my wife will point this out, if you add up all the money I've spent on barbecue over the last five or six years, we're not in the black. Yeah, well, who wants to talk to her? Forget it. What a downer. Debbie Downer. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, so huge take. Now, Kent, let me ask you this question, and I'll, I'll let you guys go. I've kept you long, and I appreciate it. What's, what's Kent Boatwright's take? 50% because you're a brother? It was before he got home. Yeah. Uh, she cut into that about 49%. Yeah, well, that happens. All right. Uh, Keith Boatwright, Kent Boatwright uh, were taking part in the Sam's Club National Barbecue Final. Outlaw Hogs Barbecue wins it. Uh, gentlemen, appreciate the recap tonight. Thanks so much. And continued success to both teams. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. There they are. The brothers Boatwright, Kent and Keith. We went long, well worth it. These guys are uh, absolutely fabulous coming out of the box and and recounting the big win this past weekend. How cool would that be to win it with your brother? Wow. If I won it with my brother, no money for you. Sorry. Beat it, loser. This is my team. Big Papa Smokers was high on the list there. That's right, the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue. Number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world, Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smokers, as they talked about. Even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, these rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the 12 and 13 American Royal and the, probably the 15 Royal. Yeah, all that good stuff. I mean, you name it, they're winning it. Don't think BPS can be just pigeonholed in the competitive barbecue either. No, no, no. These rubs have become so well-known, they've been picked up by BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. Four of the nine rubs are used on their permanent menu amid glowing reviews. BPS rubs 
are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's also features a website and meat locker. Top quality meats, folks. Snake River Farm shipped right to your door. The American Kobe beef, the caribou to pork, the double R ranch meats. Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. Committed to bringing you those best barbecue flavors on the market? Yeah, you're damn right they are. That's why they carry Swamp Boy sauce, a fine swine sauce, Granny's barbecue sauce even. The hot new new kids on the block this barbecue season. Big Papa's also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country. Working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, they've only been doing this for five years. Turning the competition barbecue world on its head. Providing customers with the very best barbecue products. Becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain. And benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. BPS, that's right, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Buy their stuff. You'll be happy that you did. You'll also be happy that you stuck around and catch McD here coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, all right, folks. We are back. 216-220-0966. Thank you to Kent and Keith Boatwright, winners of the Sam's Club National Barbecue Series. The series that ended. Boom, it's over. They won it. They took it all. 55 G's, Polly. You need 55 grand? They got it. How about that? That's huge take for a weekend's work. Plus, whatever else they won coming up through the ranks. All right, uh, here to give his perspective on Sam's Club's coup de gras this past weekend at Bentonville, Arkansas. The uh, director of that whole deal. McD joining us here on the show. McD, what's up, buddy? How are you, Greg? And I, is that French? Yeah, I think it's French or uh, German, I believe. It's one or the other. I can't oh, remember. Okay. Okay. The the big whole deal went down in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, and uh, you are there as uh, and let me tell you, Kent and Keith Boatwright so complimentary of one Michael McDiarmid on how you're bringing up top five in no particular order. And it's like, uh, I don't, I would never draw this correlation lightly. So believe me when I say this, but it's almost like you're like the Bob Barker of barbecue. <laughs> well, stay and neuter your pets then. I know, right? I mean, you know, Bob always had that <laughs> knack, right? As you're, you're about ready to win the big prize or the car or whatever. And, He's about ready to go to turn the number over. Then he goes back to the contestant and builds a little more drama. Then he goes, then he comes back to the contestant again. I mean, you're doing a similar thing out there. Is that like your twist of how to make calls or is that something that suggestions are made that you do? I mean, how do you kind of come up with how you're calling people out and saying, Hey, Oh, by the way, you're the winner. Well, I can tell you flat out it, 
this is the sport we grew up loving. This is what we were raised to be. It's that Americana feel, all that fun stuff. Yeah. But what I love seeing is the camaraderie, the thank yous, the congratulations, the handshake and the hug. When everybody's drawn up there and nobody knows who's won yet, it's all, oh, my gosh, I hope my name's called last, but I'm happy for you. And that's a huge thing, I think, about our sport. Uh, we will give them everything we've got to help them out. Like, do you know the Moyer story? Have you talked to any about that? No, I haven't. Well, um, Thursday, we're probably midway through the afternoon, and, mm-hmm. and a, a team had, had pulled out, and KCBS was going down the line and contacted. Moyers happens to be in Little Rock, Arkansas, and gets that call. And then they put on Facebook, oh, my gosh, not at home, don't have my stuff. Does anybody have anything we can use? And the teams reach out and extend and say, hey, here's a smoker, here's a car, here's spice, here's everything you need. And, and that's what the sport is. It's a wonderful, friendly, neighborly competition. But, boy, does it get really down and heated when you're going for $50,000, doesn't it? Uh, I mean – I'm the worst person to ask. I want to say, with every fiber of my being, Michael, I want to say that in a national setting with, you know, 50 grand plus on the line, if you start winning categories as well, that I would want to lend tinfoil to Sterling Ball or that I would want to give rub to, uh, you know, the guys at Outlaw Hogs Barbecue. But I'm such a (laughs) shithead. That I would be like, I'm sorry, you didn't bring it too bad for you. Get out of my camp, and uh, this is going to better my position because I want to, like, I want to win, man. So, uh, I mean, these guys that see people in need that would have a legit, legitimate, Michael. I mean, they would have legitimate leg up on some really good teams that might have forgot something. They go out of their way to help them, almost like to level the playing field on purpose is beyond mind-boggling to me and and as you said really kind of goes to a testament of the sport to where you know it hasn't crossed that line to a a huge degree of i gotta win i gotta win i gotta win and it's going to be done at any cost exactly and you know just a sportsmanship and a camaraderie and and i love seeing that with the top five and the it does build a little bit of drama um but it also rewards you too there's a lot of smiles and a lot of happy faces all right, so talk to me about you know this particular season of Sam's Club as a really is this your are we ending your second or your third year as uh, tour director? This is my second year as tour director, and of course I've been on many Sam's Clubs before. Oh yeah, with the American Grillmaster experience. That's right. So compare if you can, like year over. Is there any way to compare? You know, who won last year to, to who wins this year? Was the competition more fierce this year than it has been in years past as you've seen it? How does 2015 rank in the Michael McDiarmid annals of Sam's Club? Well, I think that some of the things to look at are, are numbers. Um, 724 individual team spots filled, and uh, that's, that's the highest out of the series. Uh, within 30 minutes, uh, over 500 plus team spots were filled. That's like a Rolling Stones concert, you know, when you're yep. signing up, fill that many spots. Some cities were gone within two, three minutes, some of them. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very um, positive year for the Sam's Club Tour. And then also, too, just the, the energy that surrounds it. A lot of first time teams coming in and, and still a lot of fresh blood, but also those those staples in our sport. 
you know, in the end, if a competition team is only cooking three events, that's all they really need to string together. Now, whatever their local slash regional slash final kind of falls in the calendar year, I mean, it could be quite a long wait, uh, depending on where they start. It could be kind of rapid, uh, their descent through uh, start to finish. It, it kind of this is what I guess what I really like about the Sam's Club. Too. I mean, certainly there's the American Royal and the Jack Daniels and you know all these other great barbecue competitions that happen during the course of the year. But this one was Sam's. I'm not saying this because they helped kind of sponsor the show or whatever. But uh, you can string three really good cooks together, and those could be the only three cooks you do all year. And if you win, I mean, you're pocketing some serious freaking cash, right? Oh, absolutely. This is life-change money. Just the finals alone is the largest payday in barbecue at $150,000. Much less the uh, the minimum contest we do is a $10,000 contest. That's the local level. The regionals are $20,000 contest. It's a payday every which way you turn. I There were even some teams that were competing a second time um, just because it was a $10,000 contest that was nearby. As uh, you know, someone who is the the tour director, but obviously, you know, you want to be uh, kind of providing Sam's a, a great experience at every tour stop that you're doing during the course of the season. You know, is there anything special that you feel you're bringing to the table that not only you know helps the teams feel comfortable and, and give them the competitive advantage, but you know helps that named sponsor kind of bring barbecue to the forefront as well. It is a little different animal because we are at, we're in an active business parking lot yep. at uh, most of the venues except for the finals. So it is a different different animal in that regard. We're not out in a fairground field or, or uh, some kind of campsite or something along those lines. Uh, so it, it does have a different feel. There is a different structure. It is a straightforward contest. Um, I think this year we spent maybe 33, 34 weeks on the road and did 31 contests. Think about this, you know. Most civic groups, they spend six, nine months planning out that one contest they hold in their hometown. Me and one logistics man uh, this year, Chris Turner, and the reps are pulling off 31 contests in 33, 34 weeks. Um, it's, It's pretty intense. But also, too, I want you to take a look. You look at the early years where there were maybe six, um, six or seven sponsors on the side of the truck. This year we had 15 sponsors. Wow. Barbecue has such a great following. And uh, what we had two sauce companies, Casey Masterpiece and, and uh, Sweet Baby Ray's. We had two tomato companies, Hunts and Heinz, uh, four different proteins, all kinds of different sponsors. And, and I think that is a testament to what we're growing the sport of barbecue to be. Do you foresee a, a continued growth or shot up, or do you feel that at this point we might start to slow down or, or plateau off at all? I think it's what we bring to the table, and I don't think that we're seeing any type of, of slowdown. I think we're seeing adaptation, just like cooks over the years have gone from cooking select and choice, talking about brisket, of course, yep. and now they're into primes and wagyus. Uh, the palates are changing, and I think America's palate is changing, and we're changing with it. I think we're also showing them new techniques. You know, we were just listening to, to uh, you know, the, the boat riding of America with the new champions this year and how they're starting on the gateway drums at 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, used to hot and fast was get up at 2 or 3 a.m. 
you know, we've just refined the processes and it's constantly adapting and, and we're, we're making new waves in barbecue and new approaches. Uh, Michael, personally, do you have any opinion, thought or otherwise uh, as barbecue has evolved to wherever it is now? You know, you look back 25, 30 years ago, it was all low and slow. It was starting the meats the night before and cooking them in, and there was hardly any injection, and everybody was making their own rubs and sauces. And you fast forward to today, and guys are getting up at 6 o'clock, and they're cooking at 400 degrees, and they're buying all this commercial stuff. And it, it, Do you have any issue with how barbecue has evolved on a personal level? I mean, I, you know, I certainly understand that you have a, a corporate situation, but on a personal level, do you, do you have any issue calling what you see 34 and 35 plus weeks out of the year barbecue versus, you know, where it was in the beginning? Well, we're all using the same types of fuels and the systems and the techniques. It's all just a way of how we're adapting them and how we're approaching it. And I do see a growing trend and desire for teams to start competing in, in non-electric events more often or, or maybe a, uh, a stick burner approach or drum only. I see those specialty events starting to grow. But also look at this. The international growth alone on yeah. a, in our sport, last year KCBS was just over 400 contests. This year, over 500 contests. That's insane growth potential just because of the, the uh, uh, international side of things. 27 international teams at the Jack Daniels Invitational coming up. I, I really see that, that the growth of barbecue is just starting. Um, I also see the techniques. It's all in what we want to cook. Um, if folks want to cook a certain way or a certain technique, then the demand will be there for those contests to be specific that way. Are you surprised at how much growth you've seen just on the international side alone? We actually had a team register for Maine from Tokyo, Japan. Uh, we they unfortunately didn't show, but there was another team from Australia that came over and competed in the Sam's Club. So even the Sam's Club is getting the international flavors here wow. in the United States. Michael McDearman joining me here on the show. Uh, by the way, a website you can find Mike at is uh, GetFiredUpFoods.com, also a uh, restaurant entrepreneur as well. Uh, let me transition out of Sam's for a minute, uh, Michael, while I have you here, and ask you about the two restaurants you got and, and Get Fired Up Foods and where you at on, on that side of the business. Absolutely. Seven Senses is a, a fun animal to play with. It's, it's Southern fare with a twist. Uh, we actually, for the Royal, uh, Diva, Danielle, was uh, driving through to Diva Q for those that uh, are in the barbecue circuit, as well as Chad Ward. They were coming through from Florida on their way to Kansas City and, and actually got to stop off and eat. And we've had everybody from Chef Tim Love uh, from the Fort Worth side of things in there, and, and we're getting good reviews. We even had some, some folks come in from National Writers, and, uh, from Huffington Post, Forbes, and others uh, that will be putting out publications here shortly. And we're very tickled. I also own uh, Westside Deli. And who knows, there may be a third place. I may be getting back to my roots in barbecue here shortly with uh, with another place. Are, are you like full-blown owner or are you uh, are partnership owners? There is a uh, childhood friend of mine that, that he and I are business partners in together. Are you realizing the 
I mean, I have to imagine, I mean, getting into any restaurant, look, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I mean, it's very uh, trepidatious and it's very volatile and, you know, all these other adjectives that you want to fall out. So, you know, when you're evaluating existing businesses and, and how you want to take them over and kind of make them your own brand and, you know, with your partner as well, are you realizing the, the financial benchmarks that you wanted to, I mean, in anything, in any business, right, it's all about the bottom line. You want to create the experience, the ambiance, the food and all that stuff, but inevitably it comes down to the bottom line. Are you guys realizing those financial benchmarks you set in place to, to gauge whether you're successful or not? Well, I think it's, you look at it from a viewpoint, or at least I look at it from a viewpoint, of every piece of property is eventually sold. My parents owned the farm. When they passed, that farm will be passed along, sold, if you will. And you build a business not to necessarily keep it for in perpetuity, Um, but it is something that you build, and and you do that with any business. Uh, As long as you keep that mindset and keep your perspective of, well, I just don't have a a stack of good grandma's recipes that I'm just going to open the doors and say, here's a restaurant. You go about it with business principles and, and try and operate with a mindset of a good marketing plan and, and unique to your demographic, knowing your customer, all those fun things. I think you can be successful, but it is one of the toughest industries to get into for a reason. It's very, like you used all those adjectives, yep. all those 50-cent words, Greg. Yeah, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Michael McDermott joining me here on the show, GetFiredUpFoods.com. Uh, Mike, let me uh, bring you back to Sam's Club here. You've been the tour director for the last two years. Uh, Mike McLeod last week wasn't able to tell me for sure if, you know, Sam's Club would be back again in 2016 uh, as I look at it, and I have no insider information whatsoever, but it would make no sense to me at this point having the track record and success and the amount of teams that they have registering that they wouldn't be back uh, in some form or fashion in, in 2016. Do you see yourself coming? Let me ask you a different question. Are there separate conversations that take place outside of whether the event is going to be back or the series is going to be back as to whether you're going to be the guy that's the the tour director or not? I'm an independent contractor that runs the tour. (laughs) Yes. I'm an independent contractor that runs the tour. They asked me up on the award stage. Sam's Club was, uh, was getting ready to do awards, and we were, all of us were ready. And they said, well, what do you think about having it back? And they were asking the crowd, and then they turned to me. Would I be interested? Of course I'm interested. Yeah. It's like a family reunion, 30 weekends a year. Of course I want to go and see everybody. I got to give away $150,000 this past weekend to a bunch of barbecue <laughs> buddies. Um, you know, of course I'm interested. But it is, yeah, there are separate conversations that take place in the business process. It's not just are you in or are you out. Uh, like we like to play on on the uh, local and regional levels, that little game of are you moving on? Um, Sam's Club is in, and I'm very excited for barbecue. I, I almost jumped up and gave him a standing ovation when, when they let it out at uh, at the award ceremony because I was so excited for barbecue. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested, in, and uh, we are hoping and planning on me being back. With two years in, with having the track record that you have and the longevity that you've had with the series, not just being the tour director, but being the you know the hot and fast guy for the years preceding that, and bringing a certain element of growth 
in I mean, would would it be a shock to you if they decided to go in a completely different direction or uh would it be a blind side to you if you weren't back in, in 2016? I mean, it would seem odd that all of a sudden the, the guy that many people would uh, associate the face of the competition with, uh, that being you now, uh, wouldn't be there next year. I never say always or never, but I fully intend and I believe that um, that Sam's Club and everyone involved is, is all working together because we feel it's a – it's a wonderful mix, and we're proceeding forward. Yeah, I think the uh, the relationship is symbiotic. Another 50-cent word. I'm just throwing out money here tonight for you, Michael. Uh, you can find him <laughs> at GetFiredUpFoods.com. But, so the series is over. Like, What are you going to be doing now for the next you know, 48, uh, 72 hours before we get rolling again in February? Well, I'm, you know, I've been having phone calls. I was up at 4 this morning <laughs> working on things, trying to, trying to push that uh, – that next thing, the rumor is I'm supposedly the busiest man in barbecue. I don't believe it, but people have labeled me that. But, uh, you know, you always have other things, other irons in the fire. And I really only work the Sam's Club from Wednesday till uh, Saturday evening. So I've got other days to fill. So all those wonderful sponsors out there, guess what? I'm ready to work. There he is. Uh, you can call him Michael McDermott. I call him McD. He's a friend of this show, and I always appreciate the time. He gives GetFiredUpFoods.com as his website. Check him out. Uh, Michael, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Greg, I appreciate coming on, and I'm just envious that, or uh, I'm upset that I didn't get to fly in on the helicopter (laughs) of the whole 800 acres to get to the compound and and come to the studio. All right. Well, next time you're in town, man, we'll chase out that G5 to bring you in through the helicopter, and uh, the 800 acres is yours, my friend. Thank you, Greg. Always a pleasure. There he is, Mike. Selling me a little high on the uh, side of property that I got here in the compound. That's absolutely. I apologize to Kevin Bevington for going over here, but uh, we'll be getting out shortly. But first, I got to talk to you about Suckle Busters. That's right, folks. Award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, chili kits, Texas gunpowder. Oh, my. Preferred by competition barbecue cooks all over the country. It's Texas-based, 100% made in the USA. Products have won hundreds of industry awards. New from Sucklebusters, honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce. That's right, based on Sucklebusters award-winning honey barbecue sauce. It's a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. That's right. Super sweet, not spicy, super red. Yeah, absolutely. They use a special American paprika for bright red color. Here's how you use it. Brush it on the last 5 to 10 minutes of cooking. It leaves a glossy red sheen on the meat. Extra layer of sweet flavor. Oof, you got to try it. Take your competition barbecue ribs and chicken to a whole nother level of the game. Available at local barbecue stores or online at sucklebusters.com. For those that are still with me, you can win a free bottle right now on the subject line of an email that you're about to send me at greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. The subject title is McD. Send McD over to me, and you can win a bottle of Suckle Busters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. You're going to love it. Again, subject line, McD. Send it to Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and uh, we'll get a winner coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be locking up and closing down the show. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah, rub that meat. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your two ways to get in touch with me. Thanks again to Michael McDearman. McDee for joining me in this past segment. Yeah, man. GetFiredUpFoods.com. If I'm not mistaken, then I could get into a long dissertation about how when I'm doing the show and I'm listening to people, what do I hear? What don't I hear? What am I reading? Texts and chats, radio side of things to meet the clock, all that stuff. I'm way over, by the way. Sorry, Kevin. Sorry. Don't hit me. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, get right out of here if you don't mind. Oh, come on. Big name. There we go. All the way back in the first hour. All the way back in the first hour. We had a two-story conversation with Meathead Golden. We talked about a lot of stuff. It was great. You can go back and get the podcast if you want. Sign for it up. Sign sign up for it on iTunes. You can go to the main website for replays. Number of different places. Outdoor Cooking Channel as well. Barbecue, uh, YouTube's. You can go to the YouTube's. Number of different places you can get it. Me and Meathead getting crazy. Outlaw Hogs Barbecue. Kent and Keith Boatwright winning the Sam's Club National Finals this past weekend. They recapped it at ten fourteen. And Michael McDearman at ten thirty five ish talking about uh, his perspective of Sam's, where Sam's future lies, where his future lies with Sam's Club, some of the restaurants and so forth. Always a fascinating interview. Mike is a guy that can certainly sidestep a question with uh, ease. Let's say it like that. With ease. All right. September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Good night now.